Hello and welcome to Kernel of Truth, a networking infrastructure podcast. I'm your host, Rupa. And I'm Rama. On today's episode, we have Deb Millen, who is leading the healthcare network business at NVIDIA. Deb works with industry experts to design solutions that solve modern healthcare IT infrastructure problems. We'll be talking to Deb about the challenges facing the healthcare industry and what solutions are helping solve those problems. Thank you for joining us today, Deb. My pleasure. Good to be here, Raman Rupa. Great. So to start off, healthcare is a very large field. Uh, it can be hard to dissect into consumable parts. How would you, being an expert here in the healthcare industry, break down the various medical industries? Yeah, so medical industries include drug research, discovery, or pharma provider, payer, um, as well as diagnostics in support of medical instruments, and particularly in federal health institutes. And uh, each of these industries is really starting to leverage AI as they all really have access to a ton of data. And in AI, the more data you have, the more effective the training model for AI will be. In the provider space, leveraging AI for diagnoses in cancer, for example, can help in terms of human constraint factors and having to sort through voluminous data sets um, and, you know, with the, with the human eye. So additionally, pathologists are forming partnerships with drug companies to develop uh, a best course of, of treatment programs for patients and to potentially provide insight into the behavior of disease. So all basically AI manifests itself not just in accelerating patient diagnosis and treatment, but also in disease prevention. For all medical industries, this also means reducing risk. So when you have access to so much data, there's so much room for AI adoption and being able to automate training models with um, sophisticated algorithms. Consequently, more companies are coming out with pre-trained models, so an organization really doesn't have to. Um, this saves a considerable time in the scope of really not just financial benefit, but um, you know, it, it, to the heart of healthcare and saving lives. It's always so interesting to me to see so much AI being positioned in to solve common problems within the healthcare field. You know, and with so much AI, my mind, you know, immediately goes to infrastructure requirements in the data center to run these solutions. I think a reason for that is because my background is primarily through IT infrastructure and specifically networking. I always think, oh man, with all this data and all these uh, complex solutions and compute processes, what's the infrastructure required to solve that? So how do you see the data center evolving to accommodate, you know, the IT infrastructure needs that you basically just um, outlined here? Yeah, well, we think of the data center as well. I mean, things come to mind in terms of directly attaching them. When we're talking IoT, for example, edge and clinical workflow, um, the, the architecture of the data center certainly has evolved. The data center has become the new unit of computing, and that's not just NVIDIA's mantra, but it's the IT industries as well. So when we look in the past and we look over the course of history, data centers have evolved from just, you know, just physical servers to uh, virtualized systems and now to converge infrastructure where resources such as storage and persistent memory are um, essentially disaggregated from the server. But at the same time, processing has evolved from running only on CPUs to accelerated computing, running on GPUs, DPUs, or FPGAs to handle data processing and networking tasks. So, you know, really we're in a new age of data centers 
um, where we call accelerated disaggregated infrastructure or um, the acronym typically known ADI that's built on more of a, a composable infrastructure or microservices with domain specific processors. Um, now we have sort of different workloads that are being accelerated by different processors. Um, in a, in a, and those are built according to whatever is optimal. Traditionally, data centers house CPUs that ran general purpose, more single threaded workloads. Um, and now, you know, we're looking at data centers that have GPUs and they're running parallel processing workloads um, or data processing units that manage the processing um, with low latency movement of data that keep the CPUs and the GPUs fed efficiently with the data that they need. For example, um, let's take a look at like how CPUs might run a database. So GPUs might handle AI and video processing while really the DPUs are delivering the right data quickly. Um, it's all about efficiency and security um, applied to where it's needed. And GPU accelerate AI and machine learning um, in, when we look at 5G wireless, uh, you know, there's medical research, security, software development, um, video processing, and even data center operations. So the rapid growth, too, of cloud containers and compliance concerns um, requires DPUs to accelerate, particularly networking um, and storage access, as well as security. Second, the data center has really become more disaggregated. Compute, memory, storage, and other resources are now kind of separated into pools and allocated to servers and applications dynamically, um, really in just the right amounts. So with the advent of this ADI model, GPUs, DPUs, and storage are all now available to connect to any server, to connect to any application, um, or uh, any virtual machine really is needed. When you're using technologies like, um, you know, typically in a product portfolio, uh, NVIDIA's GPU Direct or Magnum IO that allows CPUs and GPUs to access each other and storage across the network with nearly the same performance as if they were all the same server. The right number and the type of GPUs can be assigned to workloads when you need them. So the game's really changed, especially with DPUs within each server managed and accelerating common networking and storage and security and compression and all those tools, um, you know, with deep packet inspection tasks to keep data movement faster um, and secure, really, without burdening the CPUs or the GPUs. With ADI, the data center, as I had mentioned, is the new unit of computing. And the network fabric provides an agile automated programmatic framework to dynamically purpose workload resources on the fly, really. So this means programming not only on the CPUs, the GPUs and the DPUs, but the network fabric itself. So extending the advantages of DevOps into the network, an approach known as infrastructure as code, or what is more commonly called software defined networking. The fabric has to be programmable. It's gotta be scalable, fast, open standard based, feature rich, automation friendly and secure. So if it must offer multiple high bandwidth pathways really between the CPUs and the GPUs as well as the storage, it has to have the ability to prioritize traffic classes as well. Um, so an example 
um, you know, taking a look at cumulus, easy for me to say, cumulus, Linux and Sonic running on spectrum switches um, and Bluefield based DPUs, NVIDIA offers really a best in class end to end fabric solution that allows optimized programming across the entire data center stack. So when you combine these with the NVIDIA GPU powered platforms and the software defined models and frameworks that I talked about, you get outstanding levels of data center performance. So that, traditionally over the course of the years, really that's how data centers have evolved. Thanks, Deb. Yeah, that's a great overview of the data center as a computer and an accelerated data center, right? So moving beyond the data center, data center is also, you can say that it's distributed these days, uh, distributed to the edge. Um, and where do you see edge and IoT in the healthcare uh, industry uh, infrastructure? In terms of how you feel edge networking and healthcare is presented, and how IoT bears significance here, I think that's the main crutch of the question. Um, edge networking really should be architected in a way where access to the resources positioned on the network isn't just optimal, right? But it's it's high performance. Um, it's got to be resilient. It has to be scalable, and of course, it's got to be secure. So, when we look at healthcare and we look at devices like assistive robotics, life support machines. Um, MRI machines or mobile devices, uh, specifically sensors for climate control or all different kinds of sensors for various use cases, um, movement sensors as well, um, and other sensors that track the movement of patients throughout the continuum of care. All of those need network connectivity. So the conversation around IoT facilitates connectivity to, you know, all these things that generate data purposes of, of really gaining insight into the patient care without having architected a robust network while keeping security in mind access to that data won't be timely and it won't be secure either so when we're designing a network or typically when an organization is considering designing a network with these criteria in mind you first really have to think about how these devices are connected whether it's wired uh, wireless or you know, new up and coming 5G. Secondly, there are quite a few options to manage the efficiency of the network and as well. So you, so you have to be really proactive on fixing problem areas, especially if those areas are directly involved in clinical workflow, right? So poorly designed network can have a significant impact on workflow and that really affects the provider's bottom line, uh, not to mention the safety of the patient. So from a technical perspective, we're seeing more around protecting these devices um, against things like ransomware. Um, so the develop of, development of smart NICs with integrated software in aid of um, these particular initiatives really speaks value for edge networking. In, in healthcare, there's also HIPAA, right? So the edge becomes vital in direct breach threats. Another area that's gained traction on the edge to edge analytics um, you know, performing analysis of patient vitals in predictive care. You know, that helps relieve issues like clinical burnout, where uh, things like alarm fatigue um, causes uh, undue reactionary behavior. And when you're positioning analytics on servers with integrated DPU capabilities, for example, with high performing networking switching, um, it has significant impact in real time reporting uh, and receiving the bedside patient data 
to make informed real-time decisions that impact patient care. Um, you know, other technology we look at in terms of our product portfolio and our capabilities, when you're implementing um, a technology or a protocol called RDMA um, over converged Ethernet, you can really take advantage of CPU offload in accessing a remote server's memory without really consuming CPU cycles on the on the remote server. Uh, edge analytics used in servers placed at the edge could really benefit um, from things like Rocky, right? Um, so placing SmartNex on those edge servers that handle RDMA transport not only alleviates CPU burden, but it also helps in promoting better performance between servers. Uh, so, you know, in conclusion, patient care is, is really becoming more and more mobile. Um, so the discussion around 5G has really elevated in the community. Um, you know, supporting remote patient care conversation, it, that's become more prevalent since the pandemic. Um, mobile units can be deployed to service rural areas via 5G applications, and it's really just becoming more about reachability. So the pandemic has really changed the game in terms of, of, of getting to patient reach. It's true, the DPU adds, I mean, the healthcare data is very sensitive, and the DPU and SmartNICs um, provide a more secure environment for edge, uh, edge computing. So what are these end devices uh, that we, or endpoints, uh, edge devices that need connectivity? Can you give us some examples and also what kind of data they produce and how it's collected for further processing? Yeah, um, well, really anything that requires an IP address um, is fair game, right? And it is um, connected to the network. But in terms of smart hospital strategy, these endpoints get a little bit more purposeful. We're looking for devices that provide some sort of data that can either contribute to greater patient insights for faster diagnoses or predictive analytics to keep patients healthier and basically out of the hospital. So these devices range from, and I'd mentioned that before, you know, the sensors like RFID used for wristbands, wheel, wheelchairs or asset location tracking, or temperature sensors to keep medicines at optimal temperatures, to medical devices that produce vital reporting um, all around the hospital to video cameras, MRI machines, um, and the climate control we talked about. So while the healthcare system is still really quite checkerboarded in terms of adopting applications that facilitate interoperability between all the different systems, more companies are developing APIs, which are used to converge this data to an easier-to-read dashboard. So clinical caregivers and business operations can get a little bit more transparent uh, holistic view of patient data as they traverse through the continuum of health. Um, you know, things like environmental real-time reporting, safety alerts or business operational reporting that can actually be used real-time. Um, but no one really can readily see how all these devices become interconnected. And the network itself with overlaying technologies become really important in terms of providing the speeds and feeds and security these endpoints, but also in adapting to the scalability and fault tolerant need for business continuity and to keep patients safe. So when you're looking at all the different disparate silos within a healthcare system, 
the network connectivity is key to enable that kind of transparency. It's always so interesting to see all the different endpoints that need uh, IP addresses. And uh, one of the topics that you had brought up um, over the last little bit is, uh, you know, outside of motion sensors and uh, temperature sensors is also video endpoints, right? Um, and you said that one of the IoT endpoints being used was video cameras, right? And I feel like video data is becoming more and more dominant in IT infrastructures, right? Specifically when we talk about IoT. We're not talking about just simple, uh, you know, digital readouts for basic sensor data. We're talking about live HD or super ultra HD uh, high fidelity video streams as being the new data source for IoT endpoints, right? And there are many solutions that are focusing on all the video data that comes in around image detection, image segmentation, and even image recommendations, right? So what are the use cases for video in healthcare? Yeah, um, some technologies um, optimize video actually for OR use cases, um, and some are solving interoperability challenges, you know, specific to this use case. Um, within our own product portfolio, uh, we have a product called Rivermax, which is actually a fully virtualized streaming solution that supports real-time uh, DICOM TV instances, so that you can port the stream from a multitude of various vendors. Who, who are sourcing it, uh, pair it with GPU Direct, and effectively ingest eight streams of UHD 2160p60 with one CPU core. So this saves, and, and that, by the way, is a new hospital standard for DICOM RTV, um, but this saves CPU cycles, and it increases C GPU processing um, capacity um, adapting essentially zero memory copy to and from the GPU, and it allows a really huge reduction in CPU consumption. I mean, we're talking up to about 65%, as well as reducing PCI transactions. So it cuts the overall processing latency and, and effectively uses way few CPU cores, which translates to lower power requirements. So when you can leverage real-time streaming using standards-based um, we know the new standards for real time in hospitals and network media open specifications um, that provides an open and simple to use control plane solution, really enabling interoperability and management of IP connected audio and video devices. You can take advantage of NVIDIA's AGX embedded platforms for image capture um, or EGX, for example, for image consumption. Um, or, or the EGX for processing data insertion, visualization, you know, rendering for image transcoding for downstream storage into a PAC system. You could also possibly replay use cases for upstream AI and ML analysis at really high data rates um, with NVIDIA's uh, DGX, for example. So we also have powerful and flexible SDKs that provide standardized cross-platform APIs to transmit and receive flows for operating systems like Linux, um, Windows, x86, and ARM CPU architectures. The data abstraction component of the APIs can really be used to rep be represented in terms of um, frames or lines rather than individual network packets, and it's a whole lot easier to integrate with any PTP stack. So essentially that's the technical overview. The use cases are abundant. Whether you're applying the technology to video surveillance within the hospital, um, system or clinical compliance like 
hand washing, for example, um, other programs like anti-baby abduction programs, um, fall reduction programs, that's huge um, with remote patient uh, monitoring or uh, uh, collaboration, right, and teaching programs, sleep studies. I mean, the list really goes on. Deb, that that was awesome. You know, one of the things that I start to realize when you uh, speak about all these different flows is I, I start to think about how IT infrastructure as well as network infrastructure is just going to show up everywhere, whether those are 5G APN points, whether those are, you know, uh, IT networking closet that have to aggregate all that data, you know, putting cameras in all those different examples that you gave, right? Uh, hand washing compliance, fall reduction, right? Um, teaching programs, sleep studies. It frees up so much time for the healthcare professionals, right? But it also translates into an increased IT spend with a higher level of efficiency for that, right? And I just think that it's so interesting to think how many of these uh, like common traditional healthcare problems are being solved with just standard IP uh, solutions and IT solutions that have been around in other industries for such a long time. I think it's so interesting. For sure. Yes, definitely very interesting. And um, the sheer amount of data, like you said, the number of devices, the fact that it is all real-time streaming, the problems that uh, healthcare infrastructure is required to solve is very CPU-intensive, data-intensive. And um, Deb, you mentioned that GPU are central to this because of the nature of uh, the problem solving that happens. So can you elaborate more on your th thoughts on GPU as the compute platform for healthcare? Um, yeah, I think um, predominantly we're seeing them become a greater need in healthcare. Um, and I think going back to, um, it, it's really because healthcare generates the most data out of any other industry, right? And AI is becoming more ingested in, in, into how we accelerate diagnoses, how we share the data for drug discovery so we get treatment sooner, and ultimately to help eradicate disease. So as I mentioned, the data center discussion, technology has evolved where we can do a whole lot more with a lot less. And data center floor space required is, is really being reduced because of the ability to condense the compute power with the GPU. With the added benefit of GPU power, healthcare organizations have uh, a lot more freedom to introduce AI initiatives that they can accelerate patient treatment modalities um, and introduce initiatives to solve really some of the world's toughest healthcare challenges. Uh, you know, nothing is, is more urgent, right, than saving lives. And to some degree, this pandemic has taught us that we really can't be complacent when it comes time to bring a, a drug to market. Um, and it's also taught us that while most hospital systems, you know, will reach a breaking point at some some point, right, in terms of staffing, resourcing, uh, you know, especially when there's this constant stream of critical ill patients that are flooding their ERs. So AI is alleviating, you know, the alarm fatigue um, centered around patient triage and admission, and it's helping to augment nursing care through robotics and NLP, for example, to get care to patients in a, in a much better timely fashion. And the sooner patients 
at the end of the day, let's face it, um, as soon as they can, sooner they can get discharged, for example, the better they're going to be. Um, and the better the hospital is going to be in terms of being able to admit more patients, get them treated and so forth. So GPUs are growing in importance daily. Um, and we aim to tackle influxes in admissions, disease, increasing population health and safety. So no other industry really has such a direct impact from leveraging the innovation that stems from high power compute really than healthcare. Deb, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast and talking about modern healthcare IT infrastructures. One of the things I like to ask is, you know, all of our guests is to make predictions for the future of their industry. So I'll ask you, in the next five years of this paradigm shift in networking infrastructure specific to healthcare uh, industry, how do you see it evolving? That, that's a really good question, Rama. And I think if you ask that same question and like 50 other people, you probably get perhaps, you know, a lot of common answers to that. Um, if there's one thing for sure is the population health maintains a stronger longevity with people living longer uh, because of advances in technology. There's going to be an increasing challenge to reach everyone and keep consistent records of their lifespan. So that also obviously means more data and not only from their patient record itself, but, but also in terms of all these new devices that are coming to market that support mobility through 5G, as I mentioned earlier. Um, infrastructure grows and expands with the use of 5G. So there's going to be more demand for devices that can leverage that. Um, Globally, this is a significant impact in terms of reach. Uh, we've already seen how the pandemic has spawned a higher rate of remote care. Um, 5G can help capture the ability to obtain vitals remotely as well as, um, you know, other technologies like ultrasound, EKGs, glucose monitoring. All those are really already being performed remotely. But the, the challenge really lies in, in rural and underserved areas where infrastructure is poor. If we can work to expand this infrastructure, mobility has the power to harness even more data so clinical databases and decisions can be made faster and virtually I mean, every demographic can have the opportunity to be part of a healthy community. Even in drug discovery and clinical trials, 5G has the potential to transcend these efforts into really more timely feedback. Uh, and that means going to market sooner, um, with treatment and support of chronic disease management, for example. Um, also, in terms of how this impacts networking, we're going to see stronger place for edge networking solutions, I think. Um, so I, I really foresee edge networking growing substantially, uh, while the data center becomes more virtual, more converged, but really becoming much more powerful. Deb, thank you again for joining us on this podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Kernel of Truth. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so you're notified when the next episode is posted.